Hello and welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. My name is Ellis Williams. We're recording this on a Wednesday from our downtown studio location. And we've got a little bit of a different show for you today. As you all know, it's been a weird week here in Cleveland. On Sunday, we did the emergency pod when news broke that Kevin Stefanski would become the Browns' new head coach. Then yesterday, we had the Stefanski introductory press conference. And after myself, Mary Kay Cabot, and Dan Lobby dropped a reaction podcast. Now it's Wednesday, our usual recording date. But again, it's going to be a slightly different show. In a few minutes, you're going to hear a conversation that I had with Vikings beat writer Andrew Kramer. Andrew's been working for the Star Tribune out in Minneapolis for nearly a decade now, covering the Vikings his whole time. And he's got some interesting insight into Kevin Stefanski and the type of head coach, person, play caller, leader, and everything in between that Kevin Stefanski is and what he's now bringing to Cleveland. Next week, we'll get back to our regular show of having myself, Dan, and Mary Kay. But you know, Mary Kay's season never ends, even when the regular season does. She's been on top of this entire coaching search from start to finish, even beating national media to some of these scoops. So she deserved a little break from the pod. And Dan's out working on a story. Um, I don't know if any of you guys follow the, the Avengers and you know all that good stuff, but uh, actor Tom Holland, who plays Spider-Man in that universe, he's been known to give away spoilers. He gets fake scripts because he'll go on talk shows and give out details that the directors and Disney don't want out yet. So I, I'm kind of feeling like like Tom Holland right now. Dan's cooking up some interesting stuff. He's out there on the road reporting, and I, I got to stop talking or I'm afraid I may spoil something. So both Dan and Mary Kay should be back, but they're out working on some pretty good stuff. But enough on that. Let's get into my conversation with Vikings beat writer Andrew Kramer. As I said, Andrew has a lot of good stuff to say about Stefanski. We got into the type of play caller he is, leader, he even shares some good stories about Kirk Cousins, receivers Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs. There was some drama going on in there in Minnesota for a good eight months, and Stefanski weathered the storm, and he got the best out of the Vikings offense this year, of course, until Minnesota went to San Fran and lost. But look, that could be the Super Bowl champion right there. So there's no denying that the Vikings offense was successful this year, and that had a lot to do with Kevin Stefanski. As for how Stefanski may fill out the rest of his coaching staff, well, Andrew has some thoughts on that, too. So let's jump right into it. Here is Cleveland.com's conversation with Vikings beat writer, Andrew Kramer. And on the line, calling into the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, we have Star Tribune Vikings beat writer, Andrew Kramer. Andrew, thanks for taking the time to chat with us about the Browns' new head coach, Kevin Stefanski. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty well, Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah. Happy, happy you could call in. Uh, before we get to Stefanski, i got to ask... How's the weather out there in Minnesota? Um, I actually was just back for the weekend. Uh, it was a little cold with some wind, and my flight was only delayed two hours going back to Cleveland. But, <laughs> you know, that's pretty standard stuff in the area this time of year. So how's your Wednesday going there? Uh, it's going pretty well. I was say I was glad the Vikings had a, a game out in San Francisco and in, in New Orleans in January. I was glad that the playoff destinations were <laughs> south and west. I, I like that. <laughs> yeah, that, that broke pretty well for you guys. I'm glad you were able to enjoy it. No, yeah, it worked out pretty well. No flight delays getting to those places? Uh, yeah, actually I did. I ended up in some bad one out in, uh, on a connection through Portland, but um, that, that was nothing compared to what can happen in Minnesota. Right, so, right. It's not snowing right now, uh, so that's all we can uh, hope for. Perfect, exactly. Couldn't agree more, my man. All right, let's jump into this. So, as I said at the top, Stefanski now here in Cleveland. Um, you've been covering the Vikings for you know nearly a decade now. 
you've got a lot of familiarity with uh, the area, specifically Stefanski. So let's just start there with how has Stefanski rose from, you know, position coach, um, working with the Farbs of the world all the way to Cousins, um, now to offensive coordinator this past season, play calling, and now he's headed to Cleveland. Talk about his rise and then specifically the type of coach Cleveland landed in Stefanski and the person he is. Yeah, it's a pretty remarkable story when you think about it. Um, Kevin, actually, he started in 2006 under Brad Childress, um, and, and he really was just Childress's gopher. He just kind of fetched coffee. Like, that's kind of where he got his foot in the door. He okay. only had one year as a coach um, out at Penn, where he graduated from, um, and he's just like in a, kind of a graduate position out there. And so it really wasn't much of an experience for him. He just kind of came in uh, really like an intern. Um, and so all of a sudden you blink, and 13 years later, this guy's become a head coach. It's a testament, really, to kind of the dedication and, and, and the, the impressions that Kevin really left on everybody that he worked with, because he survived two head coaching turnovers. He survived Brad Childress to Leslie Frazier, and then Leslie Frazier to Mike Zimmer when the Vikings made those changes. Um, you don't survive two head coaching turnovers unless you've got a lot of people vouching for you in the building. And that's just kind of the impression Kevin left on people wherever he went. He's a genuinely decent human being. Uh, in terms of the type of coach Cleveland landed, his demeanor is much more of a uh, Tony Dungy than it is like a Mike Zimmer. It's, it's very calm presence. It's very positive reinforcement. Um, you're, he's not going to be the guy barking on the sideline. Um, if anything, people are going to think like, boy, is this guy showing enough passion? You know, cause I know Cleveland fans want to see that yep. out of their, out of their coaches. Um, that might be the one thing where people have to get used to. He's a little bit of a cooler personality where it doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low, but players swear by him. And, um, just going to his rise, um, it's, I think it's kind of helped him kind of see it from different positions, um, and kind of see what's important to different players in an offense. And you don't get that with coordinators all the time. I think coordinators are likely um, a lot more quarterback driven, uh, which is, you know, good for the most part, but Kevin's coached running backs. He's coached tight end. He's been around a lot and understands that, Hey, I, when I ask guys to do this certain thing, I know how it affects them at that level. Um, that's, that's valuable experience. And so even though he's 37 and people might look at him and say, I don't know if he's got a lot of experience here. He's, he's really seen a lot. And in Minnesota, coaching 13 years the way he has, uh, you tend to see a lot of ups and a lot of downs, as Vikings fans know. Yeah, no, I hear that. I hear that. So it sounds like Stefanski, cool, calm, collected, has seen a lot, um, experienced a lot. You know, we had uh, our beat writer here, Mary Kay Cabot, get on the phone with Brad Childress, who, you know, nothing but ringing endorsement. Um, owner Jimmy Haslam said a lot of the same stuff. Uh, in the presser yesterday that, you know, his references are just were some of the best he's ever heard. Um, and it sounds like that rings true with you, that if you've crossed paths with Stefanski, he, he's, leave, he's left a pretty fair uh, fair impression, it sounds like. Yeah, and it's, I think it goes back to just the positivity that he exudes as a coach. And, and he might not seem like the most commanding personality, you know, when you watch him. Yeah. And frankly, actually, when I, when I saw the coverage from Cleveland and people saying that he won the press conference, that, that did not surprise me at all. Because even though he doesn't come across as commanding, he says all the right things. Yep. And, and, and the important part about that, though, too, is that it's not it's not bombastic. It's not this kind of fake, you know, because I think he had a quote where he said, I'm not going to speak anything into existence. Um, I think people are going to like that out in Cleveland, at least that part of him. He's not going to come out there and say, hey, we're going to do X, Y, and Z, go, you know, 
drives change. So I think he's, yeah, I think he's the right personality for that area too. Yeah. So of course, uh, you bring a guy like Stefanski to Cleveland. Uh, everyone wants to talk offense. Uh, again, he's been through, as we said, a plethora of different coaches, seen a lot of different quarterbacks and systems. Specifically this year, it was interesting following the Vikings offense early in the year. Uh, it was one thing, and then what you'd know better than me around week four or five or six, somewhere in there, it, it transformed into this this different version of it. But at the base of this is Gary Kubiak. Uh, zone, zone blocking schemes, long history, respected history in the NFL. Uh, let's chat there for a second. Um, let, I'm kind of shuffling over the questions here, but stuff I hear on, on Brown's Twitter, if you will, is that uh, Kubiak designed this entire offense and Stefanski's just calling the plays, even though I, I'm not sure why that's a knock, so to speak. But can you kind of tr- try to clear up as much as to your knowledge of how much of this was Kubiak, how much of this was Stefanski, and if that marriage is necessary – for Stefanski to find success in Cleveland? Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think it is. I think Kevin can uh, succeed independent of Gary Kubiak. However, I think the Vikings' success here um, was in large part due to Gary Kubiak. I think both things can be true. Okay. Um, and, and I think that because when Kevin got here, um, he, first of all, he knows who his boss is. Mike Zimmer, yeah. as a boss, is not the easiest to work with, and, and he needed that kind of veteran liaison to kind of go back and forth between him. Um, and, and, and Gary was that guy. And so in terms of whose offense it was, Gary came in and said, look, these are the foundations that have worked for me. This is the kind of philosophy I want to run. And it was frankly why Mike Zimmer brought Gary in as assistant head coach because they wanted to run the ball. They wanted to be an outside zone team that, that used a lot of play action um, off the running game. Uh, they wanted to do all those different facets that Kevin ended up calling plays for to, to great success. But you wouldn't find a player that would, talk down about Kevin's um, influence in the room. Kevin's the one who led the offensive meetings. He led when the entire offense got together. It was him speaking, not Gary. You could tell during the summer, over time, Gary became less and less involved in the install periods. Kevin would be leading much of those. I think I feel like Kevin's prepared and detailed enough. He can step in in Cleveland and almost feel like he's hearing Gary's voice in his head as he does these things. Or Pat Shermer, or Brad Childress, or any one of the other mentors this guy has had over the years um i think he's been preparing for this his entire life and he's such a detailed guy that he doesn't he doesn't need gary kubiak i'm sure he'd love gary kubiak to come with him i don't know if that's going to happen but um i I just don't think it's uh, necessary and so kevin got a lot of credit here for running the offense the way he did and frankly i think kevin's influence the more he got involved in terms of um, kind of instituting his will on what this offense is going to look like throughout the season, I think the better they got. Uh, you referenced the kind of a change in the middle of the year. That's really when they got more aggressive in terms of downfield throwing, um, all that kind of stuff. That's, that's more Kevin, whereas Gary and Mike Zimmer are much more conservative. So I think there's a balance there, and the Vikings had to kind of figure it out throughout the year. Yeah, that's fascinating to me, and I, <clears throat> you alluded to something I want to get to when it comes to Stefanski's adaptability. I think that is so vital in today's NFL. Uh, I think of what the Vikings offense looked like under you know John D. Flippo. You know they were spreading it out and throwing it all over the place. Adam Thielen led the league in receptions or receiving yards like halfway through the season, uh, and we know how that ended in Minnesota. So, what are your thoughts on? Stefanski and his adaptability and the strengths that brings as a head coach and really just speak to how he has maneuvered through the different forms and variations of this Vikings offense. 
where he wants to surround himself with people who are smarter and, and kind of build that up. I think he had a quote in, in the introductory press conference where he talked about being the point guard and kind of setting people up. Um, that really does speak to who he is um, because when he got here to Minnesota, um, people need to remember, or when he became coordinator, excuse me, people need to remember that he actually knew Gary Kubiak before they um, worked together in Minnesota. Um, Gary actually came to Minnesota because of Kevin, not because of Mike Zimmer or any kind of veteran connection there. Interesting. Um, they had met through Clint Kubiak, Gary's son. Uh, he was a, an assistant with the Vikings many years ago. And so Gary wanted to come here because he knew Kevin would listen, knew Kevin would learn, knew Kevin would be that kind of mentee that he could help bring up. And so in terms of adaptability, um, that's exactly who he is. He's going to try and surround himself with better uh, presence and mind and, and opinion and really kind of try to make the best decision off all the information available. Um, I think of when Kevin started installing the, the offense this summer in Minnesota, um, he decided to use Gary's terminology for the offense. You know, Kevin had ways that he called it at the end of 2018. Uh, he threw all that out, and Gary said, no, this is the way I've typically done things. And because the Vikings had a few assistants who knew Gary really well and knew that way of, of speaking the offense, he said, let's do that. That's easier for all of us. I'll learn the new way of, of speaking the offense. And so that's just another example of a guy who's really willing to just say, you know what, guys, let me catch up to you and then we can all work together on this. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And that falls in line with things uh, Mary Kay was reporting and uh, you know his pen background, the, the intelligence that he brings to this position, and uh, you saw it firsthand there. So um, still obviously having to do with Stefanski, but I want to speculate a little bit here about how he fills out the rest of his staff here, specifically on the offensive side. Um, you know, it's there's been rumblings and whatnot about Cleveland becoming like a, a mini Minnesota, if you will, with the, the, the staff that is transitioning over here, or may, um, again, rumblings, rumors, whatever you want to call them, but um, have you heard anything, or do you have a gut thing of that, how do you think Kevin will want to fill out uh, his staff, specifically the offensive coordinator spot? Yeah, I believe, and I've heard that he wants to bring Gary Kubiak over there. Um, I've also heard that Mike Zimmer is going to make that very difficult, yeah. if, if that's the case, if they do submit some kind of an actual offer to try and get him out of contract over here. Um, the Vikings have the veteran staff that they could lose Gary um, and, and still make it work, but I just I don't think that's going to happen. I think Mike Zimmer, when I when I heard him at the season-ending press conference when he put a bow on last season, uh, his whole thing was that th this offense is going to remain the same. We lost Kevin, he's a great coach, but we're going to keep the same system. That, to me, said we're going to keep Gary Kubiak. Um, I just don't see him leaving. I don't see Mike Zimmer letting him leave. However, I could see Clint Kubiak, Gary's son, following Kevin, and, and maybe Mike does Gary a solid and lets this happen, where Clint gets to go up and be the coordinator there, potentially, under Kevin, and then they can kind of run some of the same things they ran here in Minnesota. So that's a possibility, I, I would assume. Um, and then also, Drew Petzing is, is the wide receivers coach here in Minnesota. He's currently out of contract. He's worked with Kevin uh, for a long time, I think seven or eight years. He went to uh, Harvard, a uh, similar Ivy League kind of mentality about the game. Um, I could see him joining that staff, too. It, it should the Vikings not re-sign him. So uh, there's a few assistants who could come over there. And, and I'm not shocked, either. I saw Joe Wood's name pop up uh, for a defensive coordinator over there. He's a guy that Kevin worked with a long time ago here in Minnesota, too. So a bunch of connections are kind of probably going to get together over there in Cleveland. Yeah, that's what it sounds like, that uh, <laughs> Cleveland becoming uh, Minnesota East, if you will. Uh, so a lot to watch there, a couple names as 
as Andrew Kramer with the Star Tribune shared. Um, I want to ask you about this year specifically with the Vikings. Um, real interesting season that you had to cover. Um, do you have any an impressive Stefanski story, maybe times of turbulence? You know, what comes to mind is the mini soap opera that was Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen and Cousins apologizing on radio. And I got, you know, we could talk more off air of what that was like for you to cover, but um, I guess, you know, how does Stefanski navigate all that? And they came out on a better for it. So do you, do you have any moments of Stefanski this year that uh, impressed you or showed you something you didn't know from your previous X amount of years covering him? Yeah, actually when you asked that, what, what first came to mind was the end of not this season, but the 2018 season when Kevin first got promoted at the end of that year, when John Dick Lippo got fired, um, Kevin, steps in for the first time ever as coordinator um, and it couldn't have been more turbulent in terms of the relationship between Kirk Cousins and Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen who they've all gotten along but uh, things get heated and fingers get pointed when you are a top producing offense that is about to go 500 yeah. on the year like they, like they were last year and so Kevin steps in and is able to actually kind of settle that situation to the point where he was getting to the point where guys were going to start requesting trades where Stephon Diggs eventually did um, this past spring, but it was to the point where Kevin had to just kind of keep them together to win that game against Miami in Week 15, that, that game against Detroit in Week 16, and kind of keep them in playoff contention. And after the season, Kirk Cousins was asked about who he wanted to be coordinator, and he gave this um, just eloquent kind of um, uh, um, reference for uh, Kevin and kind of pointed to kind of the personal side of things. And so Kevin knows how to manage people's emotions, I think. And, and that really got tested here in Minnesota, and I know it will in Cleveland. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I, just, I think that's really good. I think that's a good experience for him to go through and to try and manage, and, and frankly, it's going to happen at a lot of places. So I think when you ask for a story, um, just the first time he had to step in as coordinator, it couldn't have been more hectic, and, and I thought he handled it very well. And frankly, that's kind of why he got hired to be the coordinator this past year was because how he managed the previous year. Yeah, that's fascinating to me. The the parallels between Minnesota and Cleveland continue. Uh, you alluded to it. The 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 drama here. The Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, uh, Baker Mayfield stuff. Um, you know, you could call Stephon Diggs, Odell Beckham light, if you will. I mean, their skill sets are so similar, and Diggs is who he is, and and doesn't hesitate from that. So. I think Browns fans can find uh, some comfort in hearing uh, that story about how Stefanski manages it. And really, I liked your part about um, how he knows how to handle players' emotions. That's something here in Cleveland, as you said, is um, will be tested. And sounds like uh, he has plenty of experience doing that and found success on the other side. Um, Football-wise, let's, let's shift back that way. What do you think this hire means for Baker Mayfield? Of course, that was uh, one of the bigger stories here in Cleveland this year was really just the regression of Baker Mayfield. You have to assume the guy that comes here, one of their top tasks will be getting Baker Mayfield right back to that rookie touchdown record setting Baker, not the second most interceptions in the league, Baker Mayfield. And really the inaccurate Baker is uh, more startling there. Um, Stefanski's, as I said at the top, has gone from Brett Favre to Teddy Bridgewater, Case Keenum, Kirk Cousins, and has found success with really all of them. Um, when you see Stefanski inheriting a guy like Baker Mayfield, what do you think that means for him going forward? Yeah, I think Baker should love this this hire because if he looks at the people that um, Kevin have, has learned from, when you, when you talk about Gary Kubiak, Pat Shermer, even go back to Brad Childress, 
Um, these are all West Coast um, kind of influenced offenses. These are um, offenses that use the running game uh, to help the passing game. Um, kind of like what Kyle Shanahan, a little bit of what he does out in San Francisco. Um, I just think that it, it, he knows how to really set up a system that makes a quarterback comfortable, puts him into a rhythm. Um, Kevin's still growing as a play caller. I think that's still um, going to be kind of maybe a bumpy, it, depending on if he still decides to call plays, yeah. he hands it off to somebody else. But if he does, that's an area where Baker's going to have some growing pains with him. Um, but in terms of the system itself, this is a system that's going to set up easier throws timing throws, um, not really ask him to throw guys open. Um, and with those weapons in Cleveland, you know, you, you don't have to. So I, I think Kevin is probably the most excited, actually. I know he's going to be excited about Baker, but he's probably the most excited about having Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. If those two guys are going to be there in the long term, um, he's going to be able to use those guys out of the backfield to a point where Baker then is – almost complimentary to, to those guys. And, and I could really, that's kind of how it's been in Minnesota with when Chase Keenum was here or Kirk Cousins. Um, the quarterback, when they were really rolling, um, is almost complimentary, uh, kind of like Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. So um, I, I just think it's going to be a really well-rounded offense, one that lowers the turnovers um, and really kind of gets Baker's confidence up with um, play action, deep shots, and, and like I said, some timing throws. So Baker's got to love it. I really do. I, I'm curious to see how they mesh personality-wise because they're so different, yeah. Kevin and Baker. <laughs> but um, football-wise, I think Baker's going to fall in love with the system that uh, Kevin ends up putting in. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Baker Mayfield probably shouldn't be the focal point of this team, at least not yet, when you have Nick Chubb and, as you said, Kareem Hunt. In your backfield, I, I want to ask you, um, what impressed me with the, the Vikings this year was really the way they used C.J. Ham, uh, you know, bringing the fullback back, if you will. Uh, you know, but he wasn't just a blocker. Uh, you know, C.J. had some some sneaky good carries, some catches. Um, you know, this is fantasy football, but it actually will become real football in Cleveland. Let's put Kareem Hunt uh, in C.J. Ham's place. What kind of fun do you think Stefanski would have had there? Because, you know, C.J. Ham saw a lot of snaps, and if you make that Kareem Hunt, uh, what do you think he would have been capable of then? Yeah, that would – yeah, Kareem, Kareem could definitely be much more of a versatile um, move guy in terms of when you actually put him out at wide receiver, you're worried about him doing something. C.J., um, not – you know, certainly not as electric as Kareem. Yeah. Um, I, I think – yeah, I think the, the, the backfield's got to be excited because of how versatile Kevin kind of makes those guys and really the systems that he's been in and how they unleash those guys because that's how you manipulate defenses. Um, Kevin knows that when you're seeing zone and you motion the fullback out, uh, it's going to kick out assignments and it's going to force the outside corner to cover a fullback and all of a sudden your wide receiver's on you know, a linebacker. Like He understands how that manipulates defenses and some of that's actually working with Mike Zimmer and, and Zimmer teaching him, here's how people you know, get, get the best of me on defense. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I think, yeah, those guys have got to be excited because Kareem Hunt is going to be moved around a lot if he's, if he's still a big focal point of that offense. And frankly, Nick Chubb is going to play that kind of workhorse role probably that Dalvin Cook did. Right. And, and Kareem, Kareem's capable of that too. So I'm excited to see how it happens because they do. They move those guys around a lot. Like I, I point to... Um, when you watch the conference championship games this weekend, watch Green Bay and San Francisco. The way that they move their running backs, it's going to be. I think it's going to be very similar to what Cleveland ends up doing. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, quickly, do you think the Vikes were uh, at their best offensively this year with with two backs on the field? Um, yes, absolutely. 
Yeah. They're, they're 21. Their two-back offense was by far the best. And frankly, actually, the quarterback's numbers out of two-back were the best by far, meaning their play-action passing game out of those fronts. Kevin really knew how to unleash um, Diggs and Thielen and Cousins from those kind of running sets. And so that's that's why I say that I think Cleveland's really going to run through its running backs because Kevin knows how to set up an explosive passing game off of all that. So it could, it could be really exciting to watch. Yeah, yeah. And then what I was getting to there is, you know, when Kareem Hunt returned from suspension in Cleveland, uh, Freddie Kitchens figured out pretty quickly how to use Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. But what I like that you said is it helped open up the back end with Diggs and Thielen. That is what didn't work here in Cleveland was figuring out how to get Odell and Jarvis jiving with those two running backs. And as you said, that's when Minnesota was at its best this year. It really was. And part of that, too, just uh, quickly, is, is meshing kind of the run and the pass. When, when Kevin talks about the marriage of run and pass, he means making the play-action passes look exactly like the running plays. And that, if you're listening, you're probably thinking, well, duh. <laughs> but that's not as obvious to people um, with how complicated some of these plays are. So, I mean, making everything look exactly the same up until the point that you pull the ball and throw it. Like, that's that's how um, alike those plays are going to be. And that's what makes it really hard on defense when there's no tell of what truly is coming. Um, and that's kind of what you're seeing these these explosive offenses nowadays with, you know, outside of, you know, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. That's what a lot of these teams are doing. Yep, yep. Uh, before we get into uh, some football insider questions for you here, Andrew, um, you touched on it a little bit. I, I want to dive a little deeper into it. Stefanski has a play caller. Uh, you said he needs to improve a little bit in that area. So if I were to ask you, you know, his biggest question marks coming here into Cleveland, is that what you'd say is his biggest concern? And twofold, would you be surprised if he didn't call plays in Cleveland? Um, well, I, I, it's tough to say what his biggest concern would be because just becoming a head right, coach. Right. I mean, so many, so many things come with that. Um, he's going to have his eyes, you know, widened by a lot of things. I remember Mike Zimmer when he first became a head coach here. He's talking about how they're asking me about what color wood I want in our new stadium, and I don't care about these things. I just <laughs> want to coach football. Um, so Kevin will be bogged down by a lot of that kind of crap that he just wants to move on from. But um, I, I guess I would be surprised if he doesn't call plays because I think um, I think he wants to find his groove there. I think I think that's where he can make kind of the biggest impact. I know he wants to delegate, but originally, unless he gets Gary Kubiak in there to somehow you know maybe be the play caller from the booth or something, um, I could see Kevin doing that. And, and I, it's also tough to talk about with him because. I'm not sure how much Mike Zimmer impacted his play calling here. Um, the Vikings were much more aggressive under Kevin. They went for it on fourth down more. Um, they, they took more shots on second and medium instead of run, run, pass. Um, but at the same time, they were also pretty conservative in key moments. And that made me think that Mike Zimmer's on the headset saying, no, we're going to do this, no, we're going to do that. Um, so I can't totally sit here and judge the job Kevin yeah. did because I think he was limited by his boss here. And now that Kevin is the boss, I'm very excited to see how aggressive Cleveland is. And and I do think he needs to grow a little bit because early in games, that's the scripted portion. That's when you know it's the offensive staff who are making these calls. The Vikings did not get off to a lot of fast starts. Um, and that speaks to, to the coaching. And so I, I do think he needs to grow a little bit in that area. But hey. You know, given time, maybe he can. So I, I think definitely the talent is there for him to do so. So, Sure. All right, we're going to get into our football insider questions here for you, Andrew. Um, so first one from the 216 area says, last year there was two big issues, among many others. 
that need correcting. First, the Browns' complete lack of discipline resulting in penalties at inopportune times and a lack of clock management hurt the team. Please ask Andrew how he sees Coach Stefanski handling both those issues, specifically the discipline. Following up with that, I'm curious, a quote that stood out yesterday from the presser, um, making its rounds, of course, personality, welcome, production required, something like that. Uh, so you're, you think he's he? that's not just talk, he, he backs that up? Yeah, good stuff. Um, all right, and we got a, a group question here. A lot. We got some similar stuff, you know. So from the three three zero here, seven four zero and seven 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 three. First one asking, um, is he a CEO? And then the question dives into what is Coach Stefanski's leadership style. So first, is he that CEO that these head coaches tend to become? Even though I'm not sure that'll be what he'll be asked to be in Cleveland. And then secondly, his leadership style. So I'm just going to ask you one more final thing here and let you go. I know you're, you're busy there in Minnesota. Um, so let's wrap up with this. Look, Cleveland's used to this, the, the new head coach. I don't got to go into its history. We're all aware. So if I had to set the over-under on Stefanski in Cleveland at two and a half years, 
where's your action going right now? Oh, man. <laughs> um, I would take the over, and I know that's a gutsy bet in Cleveland. Right. Um, but I would take the over because of the talent in that locker room. If this were Cleveland's roster from the 0-16 years, I don't know if I would say that. But I think Kevin's got the talent enough to win right now where you might see more of a Matt LaFleur-style impact of the head coach, where he steps into a situation like Matt LaFleur did in Green Bay, where he's more ready to, ready to win right away. Um, I don't think that's the case for a lot of head coaches. Cleveland is not its not a talent problem. It's not a player problem. It was a coaching problem. And I think they got the right coach to fix it, and, and I do think that he'll be there over two and a half years. I, I feel safe with that bet. Awesome. Well, Cleveland fans should find some comfort in that. Uh, again, that was Andrew Kramer, Vikings beat writer for the Star Tribune. Andrew, I really appreciate you coming on and dropping some knowledge on us like that. Uh, tell everyone in Minnesota hello for me. Of course, Alex. No problem, man. Thanks for having me on. All right. Appreciate your time. Thanks again. All right, everyone. That was Cleveland.com's conversation with Star Tribune Vikings beat writer Andrew Kramer. If you liked what you heard and want to give him a follow, a pretty simple handle on Twitter, Andrew underscore Kramer. Uh, K-R-A-M-M-E-R, I believe, Andrew underscore Kramer. So, listeners, we appreciate your time as always. Next week, we should be back to our normal schedule. I know, as I said at the top, we dropped some podcasts on you like Sunday and Tuesday. It's been a wild week, as it usually is covering these Cleveland Browns. But next week, we should be back to our regular schedule, recording a full show with uh, Dan Lobby, Mary Kay Cabot, and myself. So until then, thanks for listening. Have a wonderful weekend. And take care, y'all.